0: So today's message is going to be all about remaining healthy in your body, in your soul, and in your spirit. We're going to tie these three, three things together. And I don't think that I've, I've, I've fully um, explained to you an incident that has happened in my life recently, probably within the last year. I've been undergoing some internal things um, that have really been challenging for me, and, and and I've had to walk through, as Pastor Mario preached last week, I've had to go through the wilderness. Has anybody ever had to go through a wilderness time in your life? Let me just see your hands real quick. Where you kind of feel like, where's God? Right? You kind of feel like, "Where? how come, how come my prayers are just hitting the ceiling? Right? I want you to know that your pastor is as human as you. Okay? We have a human nature. We, we, we handle things completely differently. Um, um, Everyone handles things completely differently internally. The way I handle it may not be the way that you handle it, the way that you address it in your own personal life. Some of us just say, you know, we're just going to suck it up and go through it, all right? Some of us say, we're not going to worry about it. We're just going to keep on moving forward and praise God for you. You know, but this last year has been really challenging for me internally um, in my heart with my soul. I've had a really um, transition into, some, into what I believe, now that I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm coming out of this a little bit more, um, I've, I've transitioned into just kind of a more healthier outlook on life, a healthier outlook in my soul, in my spirit, in my heart, in my mind, and uh, all those things have to, have to coincide together, right? <clears throat> I do believe that there are certain things, however, that we need to pay attention to when we feel ourselves slipping into our own thoughts, our own drama, our own anxiety, and especially as our world begins to look and feel like we're the only ones in it. Come on, somebody, have you guys ever felt that way before, where you feel like your world, the world that you're living in, is the only one? You're the only one living in it, right? I'm just going to be really honest with you today, so I hope you don't mind that. Um, I hope you don't mind me being transparent with you, because we're going to talk about a few things. So this last year, I've I've dealt with some emotional things internally with my soul, and I'll get to what that means. And it's been kind of a whirlwind for me, but I've been really growing, and I want you to know as your pastor, thank you so much for praying for me. Um, you, you, you do know that, that when you pray for your pastor, right, that's the best thing you can do for your church. <laughs> when you pray for the pastors, not just me, but the leadership of the church, it's the best thing you can do for your church because we're here to help you, we're here to guide, we're here to lead, we're here to help and direct, and when we are depleted on the inside, when there's things that have gone gone inside of us, we, we're not any different than, any of, than anybody else, you know, and so we have to deal with these things, right, so within the last year, I've dealt with, uh, I've experienced a bout of depression, come on somebody, anybody know what I'm talking about? And now that I'm kind of out of that wilderness part of my life and out that wilderness part of my heart, I can clearly say, while I was in the middle of it, I was like, no, no! We will not stand for this, you know? There's no such thing as depression in heaven, so there don't be no depression on earth, ah! You know, Mr. Warrior. But yet on the inside, I was feeling really hurt. And God had to work with me to transform a little bit of the things that I was going through, right? Um, I've dealt with a little bit of depression. I've dealt with anxiety. Come on, somebody. Right? Um, I had what I, what, what I would, um, this, this may not be what you've experienced, but I, I'm not going to try to over exaggerate anything, um, but I've, uh, I've had what I would consider for myself a panic attack. Anybody had one of those before? Right? Where just out of nowhere, fear just grips you. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? Or like, are we just kind of like, no, that doesn't happen to me, right? I've had to work through lack of hope and vision. And, and, and I want you to know that this is really, I wouldn't say it's difficult now, but, but it is interesting. And it is, sometimes it is a little scary to tell you these things about your pastor because you're going, oh no, you, oh my gosh, you're not fit, oh my goodness. These are all the lies that the enemy throws into my mind when I want to become transparent before my flock. <laughs> right, and, and 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 it's not now. Now, listen. I don't need you coming up to me going, "Oh man, yo pastor. Oh, we love you." Like I, I love you. Okay, all those things. Right, uh, like I said, the best thing you can do is pray for your pastor because we work. We go through it too. Okay, we go through it too. I have felt a feeling of no purpose, no hope, no vision um, for my life and for the direction of where I'm headed and where God wants to bring me through. Um, I didn't want to go through anything. It was a really difficult time. And I got to thinking about what the Lord spoke to me for this year in 2022. He told me last year about mid-year. He said that the church, that the church, and he was talking to me too, okay, that the church in general would be undergoing a year of finding out who they really were. Be finding out who they really were, okay? Learning your identity, knowing who you really were. That believers would be learning their true identity that rough and hard times are unavoidable, okay? But those rough and difficult times would cause us to be purified. They'd cause us to be purified. See, the temptation is for us to camp in those uh, difficult times and then claim that as our identity, okay? We say, this is who I am. I am, dep- I am a depressed person, I am filled with anxiety, I am filled with fear. But I want you to know this morning that that's not how God created you. Right. He did not create you to live there. Yeah, we might be going through it, but that don't allow the enemy to lie to you so much that you feel that that's who you are. Amen. Because that's not who you are. Amen. Right, and I had to again, in my life, begin to fortify that within my heart, begin to fortify those truths within my heart. The Lord told me that anything that was not of him would be highlighted and shook out. Anything that can be shaken will be shaken in the year 22. Why do I believe that? Because church, let me just tell you here, believers, if you're a believer here this morning, we are in for the greatest move of God, I think, that we've ever witnessed before in history of believing, okay? I I really do believe that. I think that the church is coming into its place. Look, everything's shifting right now. Can anybody tell that? Can anybody feel that? Right? I'm not talking about the financial shift. I'm not talking about the things going on and all the, the rumors that are out there about this thing and this thing. Look, we know what's going to happen because the Word of God says we know exactly what's going to take place because the Bible tells us what's going to take place. We should not be alarmed by anything that's happening right now in our world. We should not be alarmed by it because the Bible says that these things must happen before the Son of Man returns. Right, These things have to take place. But I'm talking about spiritually. The things that really don't matter very much are being shook out and the things that matter the most are the ones that are being highlighted and grown into our hearts, which is the presence of Jesus. Look, if you wanna come to church and just have church as normal, you're gonna be extremely disappointed with the future of the church. Because the systems of the church, the way the church ran before is not gonna work the way that it needs to run in the future. It's going to become more central around the presence of God in a very stronger way. Where we're going to be able to see, and you're going to be able to perform and do what the Bible says. What the Bible says, look, if we're not reading and ingesting this word, we need a heart check. If you're waiting for me to come and just deliver it to you, you're not. it's not going to be a good thing for you in the future. You've got to get this Bible, you've got to get this word of God, and you got to hide it in your heart. You have to. Ready. Because when the real stuff starts happening, yes. when the real stuff starts happening, we're going to have to discern between what's right and wrong. Yeah. We're going to have to discern between the, the, the Holy Spirit and the demonic spirit. We're going to have to learn how to discern between all those things. I'm telling you right now, you are even more in the greater place to lay your hands on the sick and see them recover and see them healed. Exactly. That's you, because exactly. that's how God created you. So for me personally, I've been having to do some discovery things, some rediscover some things in my heart and give attention to areas of my life that I've neglected or intentionally didn't want to surrender to God. Matthew chapter 26 verse 41 says this, keep watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation the spirit is willing, but what? But the flesh is weak. But the flesh is weak. So to fully understand why the flesh is weak, we have to understand our makeup. Who we are. Who has God created us to be. How were we created us? See, so many of us want to focus on why God created us. We want to know our purpose. We want to know our vision. We want to know where do we fit into this big thing called the world, right? I propose to you today and suggest to you that we can't truly discover the why until we learn and understand the how God created us. How did God create you? So first and foremost, we have to believe that God created you. You were not a mistake. You were not some, some, something that just kind of happened. You were created. You were formed. You were put together, handcrafted by God himself. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 139, verse 13 through 14, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. See, we... Were thoughtfully handcrafted by the Maker. And let me just tell you this morning that He doesn't make any mistakes. He doesn't create anything that begins in confusion. Amen. This whole thing of, I was just born this way, you fill in the blank what you think that means, okay? It could be anything. I was born angry. I was just born afraid all the time, this is just how I am. How many, how many times have you heard people say that before? They actually accept that as their personality. I'm just, this is just how I am. This is, I was just, you know, I don't, this is how my mom was, this is how my dad was, this is how my great grandpa was, this is how my grandpa was, this is just how I am. And all of a sudden they begin to accept this for who they are and their identity, and they begin to believe that that's how God created them. It's the reason why that this generation is in a place of confusion in a great way, right? Because we, the enemy, look, from day one, Adam and Eve, he came and tried to confuse Eve and Adam into thinking they could be somebody that they weren't. You could be like God if you just do this. You see what's happening? The enemy has always wanted to come and rob and steal us of our identity in Christ of who we are in him, his creation. He always wanted to come and manipulate his creation. See, when he created you, he created you perfectly. He created you with gifts. He created you with personality. He created you with talent. He created you with that perfect smile. Someone just look at someone real quick and just give them a big smile. Yes, bad teeth and all, come on everyone. You should have got braces when you were little. You know it, but you didn't want to, but it's okay. Just look at somebody and go, oh, right? You just look at him and you just smile at him, right? He created that smile in you. He created you with talent. He created you with so much care, so much that the Bible says he knows exactly the numbers of hair on your head. Now for some of us this morning, that's a little bit easier for God to count. I notice I'm getting a bald spot right in the middle of my head. I looked in the mirror and went, oh man, Jesus, help us all Lord. I need some Chia Pet up there. I suggest to you today that you were created on purpose for purpose. That's who you are. You were created on purpose for—not just for a purpose, for purpose. There's a difference. You can be assistant regional manager, or you can be assistant to the regional manager. Right? All my office fans, you know what I'm talking about. You're created on purpose for purpose. So let's unpack this idea of us being created in the image of God. Each of us was created as a mirror image of our creator. Each of us was. Each of us was created in the image of God, Yahweh himself. We were created in his image. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So you and I are created in the image of God to mirror and reflect God here on earth. We are not God. But we are simply just a reflection of who he is to the world that we live in every single day. That's who we are. We are an image of the creator himself to the world that we live in. So when people look at us, they should be pointed to Jesus. When they look at us, they should be automatically going, I see God in you, right? Because all that I am is a mere reflection of who God is here on this earth. Now, do we get it right all the time? Absolutely not. But that is the purpose that we live is to mirror Jesus himself to the world that we live in. So what does this mean, this reflection? It means this, that there's this three-legged stool that I want to talk to you about real quick. There's this three-legged stool. All of us are created with three components within our life, what makes us up. Okay, we're created with our flesh. I'm going to say I'm created of flesh. That's our body, right? You're created with the soul, and you're created with the spirit. It's this three-legged stool that we're going to highlight this morning. And all, the, all I suggest to you this morning that all of these things must be stable on the foundation of who Christ is for us to live a balanced life. Our body, our soul, and our spirit all have to have a balanced walk with him. See, as God is a trying being, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit— they all have separate components, but they're all one. Isn't that amazing? Let I me mean, think about that for a second. They're all one. And you and I are made up of these components, but we're all together one. We're all together one. So let's talk about how these three should work together in unison for the completion of our lives. So anxiety, fear, depression, etc. you can name whatever you want to name, can go hand in hand with how many actual chemicals are released in our bodies. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you here this morning that I've, I'm, I'm, I'm a doctor, okay? Obviously, I'm not a doctor, although sometimes people ask me for medical advice, and I go, what are you doing? You don't want my medical advice? Rub some dirt in it. That's what I'm going to tell you. Got a paper cut this weekend, and it hurts so bad, I said, and I didn't know what was going on. I caught it on my socks. You know what I'm talking about? He's like, oh, oh no. And I kept hearing my mom, ah, get back on there. You'll be all right. Quit your whining, mijo. So according to the study that we're studying in Spirit Wars by Chris Vallotton, if you haven't got that book yet, I encourage you to get that book and read it along with us. Okay, according to the book, the book says, most scientists agree that the chemical compound called serotonin acts as a neurotransmitter and is the principal catalyst for mental and emotional health. See, our flesh was created perfectly. Let's remember that. Our flesh, our body, was created perfectly. However, over time, we can agree that depression, anxiety, fear is developed with a chemical imbalance so our bodies are not creating proper chemicals to deal with those situations. Our bodies are not created to deal with high pressure, with high, uh, uh, with high depression, with high anxiety. So a lot of stuff starts happening poof, 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 right within us. So let's unpack this. According to the study, again, most scientists believe that four primary factors affect the natural stimulation of serotonin production in our bodies. These factors are sleep, sunlight, stress, and exercise. Okay, let's say those again. These factors are sleep, sunlight, stress, and exercise. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on these, but we are gonna talk about them because it's important to understand that all three legs of this stool, called our body and our life, need to be founded and on a great foundation. Because if one of them is imbalanced, what happens? If I try to just put my spiritual life right, and that's the only thing that I focus on, then I'm not gonna be able to have a good foundation to rest on. Okay, If I have two of them on there, what's going to happen? It's still going to be imbalanced. I could probably get by and maybe try to sit on there if I balance correctly, but it's not going to last long. But when you have all three working together in unison, God then begins to grow confidence and begins to have something in our hearts and our lives where we can say, I am resting and standing on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So real quick, number one, sleep. Let's just talk about it. A recent study revealed the scent, that since the invention of the light bulb, the average person sleeps an hour less at night. How many of you guys got to sleep with the light on? Yeah? Don, do you like that? A night light? I gotta have it dark, man. Pitch black. But we add that the lack of sleep within our, within our culture We add on top of that television, entertainment, internet stuff, social networking, social media. The average person gets roughly a good two to three hours of sleep a night. Even though you go to sleep, but you're really only asleep about two hours, right? See, these things become incentives, these television, internet, entertainment, these things become incentives that generate excitement and cause us to stay up much later and sleep much less. Right? That's sleep, sunlight. A study was shown that if you simply just get at the base value 10 to 15 minutes of sunlight, what that can do for your body is boost your mood. It could provide adequate vitamin D. Right? It may prevent even nearsightedness. I need to get out in the sun more, if that's true. Right? And in in sunlight can help you get some sleep. As practical as it might be, getting out in the sun is one of the best things for your overall emotional health. I told myself this summer, because I knew I was dealing with some junk, I told myself this summer, as long as it's bright outside, I'm gonna be outside for as long as I can. Right? I'm just gonna go outside, I'm gonna sit there, I'm gonna enjoy this thing called sunlight because us Wisconsinites, we only get this much of it, right? We gotta take advantage of every bit of sun that we can. Number three, stress. Stress is the third factor in the serotonin production. The average person today is exposed to more bad news in one week than someone just 50 years ago heard in a year. Think about that for a second, right? Let me say that again. The average person today is exposed to more bad news in one week than someone just 50 years ago heard in a year. See, our technology adds to this stress. The iPhone, I love my iPhone. I can take pictures with it. I can get text messages while I'm preaching. I can all of those things, right? See, I'm not gonna tell you that technology is bad, but if we allow it to affect the stress level in our lives, then it becomes something that we need to maybe try to limit in our hearts and our lives, right? Right? Our technology adds to the stress, our iPhones, our messages, our text messages, social media, social networks, spoken, spoken for time on the calendar. Spoken time on the calendar. Now, there's nothing wrong with planning your time, amen? Come on, somebody. There's nothing wrong with planning your day, there's nothing wrong with planning your hours, there's nothing wrong with planning, okay? Those things are necessary. It's said that there are 1,440 minutes in a day, and for most of us, every one of them is spoken for months in advance. To make matters worse, while we are in any given meeting, we are usually being texted, called, or something, making it impossible to fully concentrate on the task at hand. Add this to most of, our, most of us that have jobs that do not require much strength, right? But they simply just attach our brains to the max all day long. And it's a no wonder why we are wound up so tight all the time. We have all these four factors that are happening, right? Lack of sleep, lack of sunlight, stress, right? And then the last one is exercise. I told you it's gonna be super practical this morning, yeah. okay? It's exercise. Now. I'm working on it. I like this shirt because it makes my guns look big. Nate. Mm. So I have no authority this morning to say, hey, yo get out of your couch and go work out. But Wally, on the other hand, does. She could say, hey, yo, come walk with me. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna ride on the side of you and go, you're awesome, peace, right? But I don't wanna focus on saying, get out and get exercise. It does help, right? Physical work, working out in the lawn, all those kinds of things are all very good. But with the invention of cars, as the book says, planes, trains, and people walk much less. We get only a fraction of the exercise people just got 100 years ago. Think about this. How many people do you think worked out in a gym in the agriculture age? There's no need for that given the physical challenges of their daily lives. So if it's true that these four factors, sleep, sunlight, stress, and exercise, are the primary catalysts for serotonin production in our brains, then it does not take a genius to figure out why so many people are taking antidepressants to feel normal in this generation. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if we just tweaked a few things in our personal lives, as I've had to walk through myself, which I'm still journeying on, figuring out how these four little components to help out with my three-legged stool, okay, because we just talked about how this works, right? As I figure that part out and I'm learning as I go and I'm walking as I go and I'm exercising and I'm eating healthy and I'm doing my best to, 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 to stay on track. I'm doing my best to get enough rest, all these kinds of things. And especially as we grow older, these things affect you in a whole different way. When I was 18 years old, man, I was going to bed at three o'clock in the morning and waking up at six, baby. Boom, no problem. Put a full day in and do it all over again. But now, within my mid-forties, I go You know what I'm saying? Right? So I wanna transition out of those practicalities and talk a little bit about this three-legged stool idea and then I'm gonna be done. Our spirit, soul, and body are so intricately entwined Intertwined, that is impossible to infect one part without directly or indirectly influencing the other two parts. It's like mixing paint. When Caleb and Samuel were both growing up, we used to watch Blue's Clues. Who's with me? And there's a song that they used to sing that went like this. You mix blue and yellow and it's suddenly green. And then blue and green make what, Samuel? Aquamarine. Aquamarine. <laughs> Right. See, these these three components, they're not just separate, even though we have to treat them separately sometimes, but they're all together one, and it's kind of like mixing paint. It's kind of like if I were to take blue paint, which is a separate component, and if I were to take red paint, and, and it's a separate component, if I mix those two components together, what color do I get? Purple, right? I would dare somebody to try to separate the blue and the red again. Maybe it could happen in some lab that Elon Musk made, right? Maybe that could take place. But I'm I'm, I'm pretty certain that it's almost virtually impossible to unmix the components that you just mixed together. And that's what it's like in our spiritual walk with God, right? And it's the same with your spirit, soul, and body. We are created as one being. Three separate functions, but one that can't be undone. Acts chapter 3, verse 6 through 8 says this. But Peter said, I do not possess silver or gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Can't you wait to say, hey, look, somebody comes in here with crutches, somebody comes in here with this and that, and you just say, you say, not me. Pastor, you're paid to do that. No, 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 no. You're the child of God too, and you go, "You know, I, I don't know a whole lot, but I'm going to tell you what, why don't you get out of that wheelchair and you just walk right now? Isn't that cool? That's the kingdom of God in advance. Right? Verse seven. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. The man walked, listen. The man walked because he got physically healed. There's your body. He leaped because he got emotionally healed. There's our soul. And he praised God because he got spiritually restored. That's our spirit. When one dimension of our triune being is sick, it affects our entire being. And when we understand this, it makes sense that the Lord works to restore the whole person. Leg one thinking from the spirit. I'm going to call this leg one. Ephesians chapter 4, 23 through 24 says this, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Say that with me. In the spirit of your mind. Say that one more time with me. In the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been, has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. We know that if someone has an evil spirit, it affects the way they think. Whether they are demonized or just under spiritual attack, enemy commands are influencing their thoughts. You guys understand that? That's why people who are either demonized or people that are just under the influence of some kind of spiritual attack, their mind really isn't thinking clear. They, they, they try to rationalize things. They, 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 try to, they try to justify that the way that they're feeling. Well, you don't understand, Pastor Jake. This is what happened to me, so I'm going to go ahead and act this way. God is not in the business of us reacting. He's in the business of us responding because when we respond, we're actually being led by the Spirit. God designed us to be spiritually resilient. And most of the time, We're being attacked in every which way, but the Bible defines this attack as being accused by the enemy. I said this a few weeks ago. The enemy is so crafty that he actually puts thoughts in your mind and then accuses you of having those thoughts. He actually makes you feel really bad for thinking of yourself that way. And these are all the things, these are some of the things that I was walking through myself. I was dealing with rejection. One of the aspects was dealing with rejection. Oh my goodness, I'm getting really transparent now. I don't know if this is good or not, right? But I'm doing it, right? I was dealing with rejection. And the enemy began to put thoughts in my mind and begin to say to me, oh, no one's going to follow you, Pastor Jake. Nobody cares about what you say. No one really likes your wisdom anyway. People don't even like the way you preach. Oh, nobody cares about the way you lead worship. Look at that. Look at how you're leading the church. Oh, look how you're leading your family. Look how you're doing this. You don't even make enough money. You don't even do this. You don't even do that. And all of a sudden, all these thoughts were just flooding my mind. And then I began to feel bad about thinking those thoughts because I knew the word of God But the word of God wasn't really being ignited in my heart. And I was actually believing what the enemy was saying over me, which is why I went into this little small feat, this little small bout with sadness, depression. I wasn't feeling real good, guys. But thanks be to God that he brought me out of that. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God that he is faithful. And it wasn't just because he was faithful, it was because I walked with him. God's not some magic person up there with a wand going, okay, poof. Sometimes he does those things, but you know what? Sometimes he wants you to walk with him through those things. Come on, I don't think you heard what I said, right? Yes, he is my rescuer. Yes, he is my savior. Yes, he is all those things to me. But sometimes God wants us to walk with him through the rescue, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego still went to the fiery furnace, believing all the time that they were going to get burned alive. But Jesus was right there with them. In the fire. A dream, oh, let me say this. When our spirit man needs attention and reinforcements, one of the main ways that our spirit gets revitalized is through dreams. A dream that we are being chased but can only run in slow motion is often our spirit's way of telling us it needs our help to prevail against enemy agents. We may need to fast. We may need to pray more. We may need to refocus on some aspect of spiritual warfare that aids our spirit in warding off a demonic attack. So if you're dealing with stuff like that, This is what, I'm gonna tell you just something super practical that I did. Every night before I went to bed, I said, God, my mind is yours, my spirit's yours, and my dream life is yours. Will you just speak to me? And I went to bed. I always gotta have some kind of noise when I go to bed. Anybody like that? Right? So I threw on rain. The other night I didn't have to do that because it rained so much. My umbrella showed up a block away. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. And there was probably once or twice a week for about six weeks where the Lord gave me a dream about something I was going through. Some of it wasn't really nice. I had dreams that I was fighting. I had dreams I had a sword. I had dreams that I was, I was battling people trying to come into my home. I had dreams of all kinds of crazy stuff and I knew that I was going through a fight. I knew that I was going through a battle. It's not my first rodeo with this. I knew something was going on and I knew that he was with me, but I knew that I had to go through it because on the other side of this, now I feel much stronger. I feel much fortified and I feel like the next phase for our church and for my life it's gonna be a whole different phase that I think we've ever experienced before, and I'm really excited about it. All right. If you could play some soft music back there. Leg number two, thinking from the body. Again, I'm not gonna stand up here and tell you, you better get off the couch, start some exercise, not gonna happen. But being active can only help anybody, right? However, I do wanna highlight this idea. It's amazing that our natural mind runs our entire body while we rarely even think about it. Think about it for a second. Do you have to think to breathe? Do you have to think to smell? Not really. Just naturally happens. That's actually your, your mind, your brain, everything working together in unison with your body. Our natural mind has an army at its disposal so that anytime any kind of biological warfare comes against our physical being, it deploys millions of soldiers called antibodies into combat for us. Our body encounters a battle that requires our attention. It sends us a signal in the form of pain so that we can participate in dealing with the illness. For instance, if you break a leg, anybody ever broken a leg before? Yeah? If you break a leg or an arm, Our natural mind knows that it cannot heal the break without making us aware that we need to stop walking on the leg long enough for our body to repair it from the inside out. Our natural mind therefore sends us a message in the form of pain that says, Hey buddy, get off the leg while we're working on it. I have a friend who always says this: pain is simply weakness leaving the body. (laughs) Well, I suggest to you today that with a little ibuprofen, that also helps pain leave the body, praise God. So when we talk about our body being in unison with our spirit, everything works together congruently, like it just naturally happens with us. And the last leg that I wanna talk about is thinking from the soul. The soul is the dimension of what we like to call processing from the heart. I'm fully convinced that our heart, our soul, knows things that the other two elements, our spirit and our body, are unaware of. See, the soul, the heart, feels its way through life and is actually extremely sensitive to emotions. The soul is the home where things like love, passion, and mercy live. For example, If someone hurts your feelings, or a person close to you dies, it affects the way that you think, right? It affects your soul, your emotions. See, your soul deals with hurts and disappointments all the time. But when it gets overwhelmed, and needs your help to heal, it often sends signals in the form of emotional pain, such as depression, anger, or grief. And David said this in Psalms chapter 23, he said, he said, restore my soul. And guys, this is where I was. Again, in all honesty and transparency, this is where I was. I had allowed myself, my soul, to become depleted. I allowed my soul, my emotion, my heart, my passion, where we live our life from. Yeah, you saw me up here preaching. Most of the time when I was preaching, I was preaching because that's what God was dealing with me on, okay? You saw me up here leading worship, and you know how I worshiped God during those times? By faith. Do you really think that I felt God? Not really. But I felt God by faith. See, look. We all want God to do some kind of magical trick in our lives, but sometimes God's just asking us, will you do it by faith? Will you live by faith? (laughs) So by faith, I did those things. I came to the office by faith. I worked by faith. I went to the gym by faith, praise God by faith for sure. (laughs) I prayed by faith. Not because it was something that was like drawing me to, but by faith, I did that. And my faith was being tested. My faith was actually growing, that's what was happening. My faith was actually beginning to mature into what the next thing that God has for us. And let me encourage you here as we close here this morning that stop waiting for God to move you. Come on somebody, stop waiting for God to get you to the next place and just begin to take a step of faith because that's what it takes a lot of the times. And all three of these legs had to be together even if it was by faith, even if I didn't feel like it, even if I didn't want to, by faith, I had to do those things. My healing also came in the form of others praying for me and with me. It came through a series of me talking to people. Now, when you're in those low moments of your life, the last thing you wanna do is talk to somebody, right? The last thing you wanna do is go, oh man, I really wanna go spill my guts to somebody. But you and I were never met to do life alone. And it's really important. Yeah, sometimes you got to go through the wilderness alone. you got to go through the battle alone because you're going to grow from that. But make no mistake about it, that there are people here within this body, in this church, who simply want to partner with you in prayer. That's it. We just want to come alongside you, walk with you, love you through the mix of everything that's going on in your life. So I want to encourage you here this morning that if you're going through stuff, right? If you're going through the business right now and it just, you're just feeling kind of weird, or maybe you're not, maybe you're in a really great season in your life, praise God. Let me get around you. You can rub off on me, right? Everything's just really great. Praise God. But if there are things you're going through right now that require some attention in your spirit, in your body, in your soul, I encourage you. You highlight those things ask God what it might be and begin to focus your attention on those maybe shoot maybe it's all three of them right do some things differently because if you don't do things differently you're gonna get the same result that you've always gotten that's the definition of insanity <laughs> it's expecting to get something different by doing the same things do something differently God's with you. He loves you unconditionally with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for loving me, for loving us. God, thank you for walking with me. God, thank you so much for walking through this with us. God, as we go to the next phase, to the next, your your word says, Father, from glory to glory to glory, God, Your mercies are new every morning. And so Jesus, all we wanna do is just go to the next thing with you. We just wanna step with you. So wherever we're at, Father, emotionally, wherever we're at in our heart, wherever we're at in our mind, God, I just pray you would show that to us and help us not to camp there and claim that as our identity because that's not who you created us to be. But help us, Father, to continue to walk faithfully with you. Help us to address the issue I us to address the issue, God, and come to you with it and be open and transparent so you can begin the healing process in us. God, we love you. We thank you. We bless you. Before I let you go, is there anybody here this morning who says, you know what, Pastor, this really touched me this morning. I need prayer. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I just need to know who I'm praying for this week. If that's you, just raise your hand if you're going through something right now. Good, I see your hands. Yeah, that's good. Don't worry about it. Come on, be open. This is the first step is being transparent. Right, good. Hands all over the place. That's awesome. Yeah, I see your hands. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I want you to know that as your pastor, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray for you this week that God will begin to heal you and he'll begin to give you the tools and resources that you need to fortify strength within your heart. So Father, we just surrender to you. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.